Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. And sometimes the amount of stories that make their way to us means that we simply can't cover everything that comes our way. But from time to time, a story just stays with me, and I feel compelled to share it with you and give you my thoughts. And now, one more thing. So the midterm elections are coming up and midterms typically get less enthusiasm than the presidential election. You know, we all know we need to go out every four years and vote for the president. Um, you may recall campaigns like Diddy's Rock the Vote or Vote or Die or, uh, you know, these sorts of things over the year. Every four years, someone is telling us to get out to the polls. Well, every uh, two years, we need to bolster um, our political representation in the uh, House of Representatives, that is uh, in Congress and in Senate. And again, these elections don't get as much engagement. But this is problematic for uh, our democracy because oftentimes we are not able to accomplish things. And the frustrations that we get with Washington, D.C.'s failures to represent our interests can sometimes be traced back to a lack of bolstering the president in the other um, areas of government. And so today we're going to take a, a moment to talk about midterm elections. Um, we here at the Black Information Network have these conversations behind the scene, and we were going to have one today. We felt it might be um, informative to record today's conversation and share it with you. Um, maybe you might be inspired to inspire someone else, um, or maybe you might be inspired to you know, reach out to us and let us know your thoughts. Either way, we feel like that's progress. So joining me today on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, we have our show producer, Maggie B. Nowen, 
Um, we have our uh, line producer, Carmela Baldwin, and we have our BIN news anchor, John Marshall. Um, so I guess I want to ask uh, some questions to you all and just kind of get your thoughts. Um, first off, let's start with the most obvious question. What do what does the midterm election mean to you? Carmela, we'll start with you. Well, um, you know, I think it's different. I'm entering a different season. Obviously, I'm older um, than when I first initially cast my vote. And um, after working and even, you know, going into another area in my life, it's just a lot of different things that are impacting me uh, personally, like, you know, the choice and the freedom and the autonomy that I have over my own body. So I guess this you know, this election is very important to me because it's just like, it's important to keep the momentum going, you know, and I feel like steadily some things are coming to a halt with, with people in my age and in my age range. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, Maggie, uh, I, I know that you and I have had conversations that, that sounded very similar to that. So I guess same question. What, what does this election mean to you? Sure. Thank you. Um, so I, I firmly believe that our vote is our voice. So I think that, um, you know, really, it kind of seems like we've been talking about these midterm elections since before we even found out that Joe Biden was president. <laughs> so um, the election process seems to be a more important process um, that mainstream society in America is paying attention to more than ever before. Um, when we've lived through what we've lived through over the last five years, especially the last two, you know, and especially escalated on January 6th, um, I think we've all, um, you know, most of us who are conscious at least, um, are able to look at what's happening in our day to day and seeing what is being broadcasted on mainstream and, um, you know, the people in power just speaking in circles, um, mm. being very much incapable of actual action. And a lot of, um, you know, the people with the most power are those that are very much older and, um, you know, part of previous generations that are associated with, um, you know, very much systemic and harmful um, processes and uh, structures within our country. So, you know, I think that the stakes are higher than ever before. And there are more resources that we have as we, the people, available to us than ever before, where we can be, you know, sharing information, educating each other, collaborating, you know, scaling these messages through technology, um, but then also being proactive and understanding that, you know, our rights are up for attack, right. are up on attack. Right. And, right. Um, you know, voters are being disenfranchised across the country. Sure. And, um, you know, the fact that we're seeing the early voting is so important and it's so exciting. Honestly, it gives me a lot of hope um, right now. I think the numbers are up as high as 85 percent in some states as far as the early voting compared just to last election, the uh, presidential election, which we know how important and big that was. So I think that honestly, the, the importance of this election, even though it is just the midterms, it's not the presidential, um, you know, the everything is riding on it basically yeah yeah exactly exactly and so i know that that there's a lot of feelings in really uh politically charged circles that you know so much hinges on this you know um th that our democracy is under attack that you know um there have been movements across the country to um 
disenfranchise black voters. You know, uh, we call them voter suppression initiatives, but, you know, it's basically um, uh, thinly veiled racism. They call it the thin veil is voter protection initiative or voter integrity initiatives, but we know them. Uh, It's just the same old song being played again. Um, Now, John, it wouldn't be fair if I moved on to another question. So I have to ask you the same one. What does this election mean to you? I I agree with what everybody has said thus far about how important um, this election is in particular and just midterms uh, in general. I'd go so far to say that the midterms are just as important Almost if not, almost if not more important right. than presidential, because the people that we are voting on now are going to be the ones that will push stuff through the House, that mm-hmm. will push up the Senate, mm-hmm. because the president, as we all here know, we all are educated black people, know that there's only so much the president can do. Right. He can only veto so much. He can only push through so much. He has to get through the House, through through the Senate. So I believe that this is where it really counts. Yes. Uh, I, I, like I said, equal to or even more so than the actual presidential election. Because if you got the House and your president isn't Republican or Democratic, whichever one you want, you can still make something shake. If, right. if you have in it and your president isn't necessarily who you want, you can still make something shake or keep something from happening, which we have seen in both Biden and Trump's administration. So this is just, it's crazy important, man. And, and, you know, I think I want to piggyback on that because one of the things that I found in 2016 and in 2020, um, those being presidential election years, is that some black and brown uh, would-be voters feel so disconnected from the democratic process because they don't feel connected to any outcomes. If they cast a vote, their reality is exactly the same. It doesn't matter who's in office, their day-to-day is exactly the same. Well, to your point, John, the midterm elections in theory have a more profound impact on your day-to-day life than the presidential election does because when you're voting in midterm elections, you're also voting for um you know, city council members, you're voting for, you know, your representatives, your state representatives, um, people that actually impact your community. For those who don't live in D.C., and even the president is not in charge of D.C. per se, um, they have a mayor in D.C. And so um, the midterm elections is really where you can shape your life. Your voice really carries a bit further. In addition, you know, to your point, John, that it, it actually does um, bolster um, or prevent the president <laughs> from being as effective of a of a leader of the country. So um, uh, let's let's talk about sort of what's all at stake um, in in at least in your minds. Uh, I want to I want to continue with you, John. What's at stake in this midterm election? So I just did a little bit, a little minor research. So I was uh, slightly prepared to come and talk with individuals. Um, I would expect nothing less. (laughs) (laughs) The five things that I found um, that I'm sure we'll all agree on is, and I'm looking at my notes right now too, inflation and the economy is a major key issue. Mm -hmm. Abortion and women's rights Mm -hmm. is a major key issue. Crime is running rampant right now and and rest in peace to take off who just passed earlier this morning. Yeah. Uh, 
the border and education and identity. So the pronouns, education, everything like that. Those are the big things that I see. And I'm sure there are plenty more, but those are the big things that I saw that are the major issues that we're voting on right now that are major talking points for both sides of the, the spectrum. Sure, sure. Um, now, Carmela, did we miss anything there? Because those are things that we're all going to get into. Maggie, you, you hear anything that you, you know, or you, did you fail to hear something you think that we should be talking about now? So I'd just like to add, uh, it does sometimes vary to what's on the ballot from state to state. Um, but I think that it's important, you know, to the um, point that we were just making to recognize that it is really the things that are in our day to day, those roles that are in our day to day. We are not thinking about these roles oftentimes when we're talking about elections are certainly not being um, talked about on mainstream unless there's some type of scandal, you know, going on that makes them make the news. But it is the things like you mentioned, the mayors and the city council, but it's also um, things like the leadership of the corporation commissions and the water conservatory boards and things like that. Sure. So when we're thinking about who is allowed to start businesses, how they're able to start businesses, the fees associated and the processes, the red tape or not, um, you know, the people in power of those things, um, whoever has the businesses obviously is going to be able to make money and then hopefully have some power. Um, so when people have certain influences, um, when they're not acting in good faith, then obviously that's going to impact people disproportionately. So those roles are really important for us to pay attention to. Right. Um, I think a lot of times too, with the midterms, we are just talking about, you know, these higher up roles where nobody is actually even not only not thinking about them, but then when they see them on the ballot, it's like, well, I don't know what these are. I don't know who these people are. I didn't do my research. I'm just going to not even you know, vote. So there's opportunities that are being left on the table for us to have our voice counted. And just by simply going to like voter411.org and, you know, going to Google, everybody could spend five to 10 minutes and educate themselves on the local lower level options that are going to be affecting their day to day. Things like school board as well. Um, there's a high. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Finish your thought. I was just going to say there was um, this year, 2022, the highest number of attempted book bans ever in American history. So, you know, who is deciding these things? And yeah. that obviously has the ripple effects when we're talking about the foundational elements of education in our society. So, you know, now another really another thing that is uh, a big hot button issue um, is and, and Carmela, you touched on it, is a woman's right to choose. So you mentioned that this is important for you. Do you think that voters, it's important enough to voters to to really turn out for this election cycle? You know what? I would really hope so. Um, I would really hope that the people who this most impacts, they are willing and able to come out to their local elections. Because like you said, Maggie, like that is where it all begins. Like, who are you putting in office locally, who's going to support you? Who knows about your overall demographic? Because obviously Detroit is different from Arizona, you know? Uh, and so um, I definitely do think like it's going to influence what it's going to influence who comes out, you know? Yeah. You know, one of the things that I uh, felt and, you know, paying attention to the news cycle, you know, with, um, especially with the Supreme Court, you know, just paying attention to the goings on is the response of angry, upset women, you know, who feel like they've lost a little bit of their autonomy, a little bit of their rights. Um, and so I can kind of hear that in your voice a bit. So 
Um, I know that that's going to be, you know, as as uh, John mentioned, uh, a hot button issue. But there's another issue that John also mentioned um, that people are definitely motivated uh, to address, and that is, of course, inflation. So, um, John, I, I let's let's have a conversation about inflation because, in addition to you know abortion, I feel like that's probably the the other major. Um, issue that'll get folks out to the poll. Of course, as, as Maggie mentioned, CRT, you know, there's, there's a lot of like local and national issues that people are, are very much concerned about. Um, but the, the economy is something that really touches everyone's pocket. And I've seen, in my opinion, a lot of unfair, uh, assignment of blame for the, the present economy on Joe Biden. Um, mm-hmm. And from what I understand, uh, a lot of the reason why companies are able to kind of run away with this opportunity to raise their prices and keep them raised and so forth, um, these things were based on policies enacted under the previous administration. And so I feel like um, Joe Biden is... Uh, he may be partially to blame, but not wholly to blame. This is a uh, a crisis that we all need to figure out together. But switching um, or rather bolstering the opposition to Joe Biden, I don't know if that will accomplish what folks are thinking it might. You know, and, and you know, the conservative folks want to take back the, the Senate and take back the House and these sorts of things. This is and they have the most extreme uh, individuals in there who will continue those policies that really shaped the transfer of wealth that we saw in 2020 from, you know, the bottom 80% of us to the top, you know, 20% of us and really the top, you know, 1% of us. Um, And those people have no incentive to share, distribute anything. That's this, again, is a reflection of an age old, uh, we call them zombies, this like kind of uh, philosophy that won't die. Um, but it's a very conservative philosophy that is uh, trickle down economics. And so um, I want to get your thoughts on this, John, because I know the economy is a is a hot button issue. And uh, what do you think people are going to use as their motivator to get out to the polls? Do you think they're going to be trying to uh, um, bolster uh, Joe Biden's position? Or do you think there's a lot more folks upset about or has he falsely uh, taking the blame for it and not really handled his messaging proper properly and um, to stack that, the card against him. Good, good question. I, I guess the, where a person's standpoint is, will number one, depend on their socioeconomic, uh, you know, standing. Sure. sure the, that makes sense. Right. Right. Uh, what's in their bank account, uh, where they come from old money, new money, no money, you know? Um, but it's, I did a story a little earlier that talked about the oil companies and the gas companies and how Biden is trying to put together uh, uh, some kind of a commission and pass a tax for all of the profits that they're making. Man, they made $100 billion, $100 billion in profits based off of this um, uh, gas oil price increase, right? And 
he was saying that, man, that is just absolutely outrageous to make that much money in profit, y'all. That's in profit. So there was way more money made than that. That was just a profit that they made and that that it needs to be taxed uh, in order to help fight some of this inflation. And again, to your point, Ramses, this didn't just happen overnight. Right. right? This It took some years to get to this point right. uh, with uh, uh, experts are comparing to uh, a recession right. again. So, again, it depends on where you're coming from with it. But I believe that people are definitely going to get out there and make a decision based on who can help me spend less money. That's fair. And, that's that's a fair point. Right. And I don't know if that is necessarily the correct way to be thinking about it, because, yeah, you may get a couple of dollars off here or a couple of dollars off there. But how does that affect us in the long run? Exactly. <laughs> for a lot longer if it's not balanced out the right way. So mm-hmm. I believe the majority of uh, us, especially people of color, the first thing that we're going to think about is how do I spend less mm-hmm. and who's going to spend less and whatever candidate is pushing. I will help you spend less, regardless of what's in the fine print, is going to be the person that I believe will get more of out. And I I think you're absolutely right about that. And I think that's sort of the point I was trying to make uh, kind of in framing this part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's that um, I found that the on the on the liberal side of things, the Democratic side of things, the messaging is not nearly as potent. It's very passive, you know. people will just kind of let whatever narrative get chronicled about them or about that party and won't really do a lot in the way of challenging that narrative. Right. In other words, they can paint Joe Biden with these broad strokes of he's the reason your gas prices are so high. And there's no real strong pushback to say, no, this isn't really true. We've seen we've seen some bright moments. We've seen the the White House Twitter account uh, push back against the uh, student loan forgiveness by outing all of the uh, uh, conservative representatives who were saying that, um, you know, this is like anti-American and so forth and so on. And then, you know, the White House uh, Twitter page uh, uh, said that all these uh, individuals who were saying that actually had their PPP loans forgiven. And so they're, you know, pointing out the hypocrisy in that. But that messaging could be so much stronger because the hypocrisy in my opinion, as you know, I, as a stated liberal, perhaps even a bleeding heart liberal, um, <laughs> is that the messaging is not nearly as aggressive. It's not like, you know, I'm a bleeding heart liberal, but I ain't no punk. And I see a lot of really soft, you know, like it's 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 almost like, you listen, if they are wrong and they're being hypocritical, then we need to call them out on that. And that doesn't happen as often as I'd like to see. And I think that brings me to the next point. Um, the aggressive tactics that are being used often in conservative uh, circles in this country, um, certain pockets of conservative uh, in this country um, have even bubbled over into what I would consider, and I think we all would consider to be voter disenfranchisement and weakening um, the power of the black vote with these voter suppression initiatives. We are at risk of losing our democracy. And and I think that it's media wars. So, um, Carmela, I know that you uh, work with these stories every day, you know, work with way more stories than I do. So what are your thoughts on these voter suppression initiatives? And are we really at risk of losing our democracy? We are if we don't show up. Um, We are if we do not mobilize. 
Mm. Uh, but like Maggie said earlier, there are, you know, people who are more inclined to listen to the conversation and to be a part of the conversation who are showing up. Um, but it's a nasty game out there. Yeah. And I just think that it really all starts with our awareness and with mobilization. Grab a friend, tell a friend, mm. um, you know, share a podcast, share a story, share an article, um, just share the knowledge. Because Absolutely. if you don't know, then you're ignorant to what's happening around you. Sure. You know, you won't be able to show up when it comes time to battle. And quite frankly, at this time, like these are the times when it comes to battle. And and I think that's a great word because uh, battle is something that I know very well. And I know that Maggie knows battling very well. Um, you know, the the radio show that we do is called Civic Cipher. And on that show, we deal with a lot of what we would consider to be a battle. We battle with um, a lot of police brutality um, and, you know, issues that are important to black people, particularly younger black folks. But um, police brutality is probably the foremost topic that we discuss. And I realized that a lot of what we pushed for in 2020 um, in terms of police reform um it needs a little bit more in the way of support. The ways the Senate is is stacked up, you know, people can filibuster things, and you know, we we really need an overwhelming amount of support, as you said, uh, Carmela. So, Maggie, I, I want to get your thoughts on sort of the the police uh, in turn, or the the impact that I guess our our vote can have on policing in this country, and. Um, what outcomes you would like to see in, in so far as that's concerned? Sure. Well, all right. Um, the police in this country have origins in um, slavery, as do um, really all of these systems, these larger systems that are continuing to oppress and harm black and brown people. So um, when it comes to who we're voting for and their impact on the police, um, I think it's just the same across the board as everybody else. You know, it's like, are people going to be able to get things done based on who they have really in the House and the Senate and in the different, um, you know, places in the leadership positions that matter? Um, because even, you know, when it's the larger government that says, like Joe Biden, for example, he decriminalized marijuana. But it is the states that now have to decide, those individual leaders have to basically say, okay, I'll let these people out of our state prison. Mm -hmm. um, the ones that are there for nothing criminal <laughs> as far as today's laws go. Um, so the fact that there's those disconnects, you know, it's just we're, we're really kind of still at the surface. Um, like Carmela mentioned, um, it's a nasty game. And the fact that we're referring to our election in a democracy in the free world as a nasty game, um, I think really examples and highlights the huge issue that we're having. And, um, you know, the fact that we continue to sit idly by to an extent, um, you know, those that don't engage in the political conversations, don't want to watch the news, don't want to even read anything online. I understand if you don't want to watch mainstream media, it does get a little bit rhetorical and, um, you know, goes in cycles. It's, it's hard to watch sometimes, but there's lots of other options, you know, and people just choose not to engage. So um, I think that when we had, um, you know, our previous administration as well, the fact that he was a 
a character specifically, you know, not just a television person, but like a personality. His brand is a curated one that he's, um, you know, initiated since the beginning of himself. Mm-hmm. And that really, I think, gave um, the um, insight in a sense and the example to the Republican Party, the conservatives that, you know, this is okay. And I think they really have leaned into it. So at this point, we're watching, you know, very extreme people talking about, you know, nothing that has to do with what really matters. Um, you know, they're jumping on the issues that um, are easy to talk about, which is, you know, of course, um, the people that can't really advocate or empower themselves, which is black and brown people. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they'll kind of just pick a, pick a statement and run with it. But we're not talking about real issues. And I think that's um, the larger, you know, problem. So I think we need to t- take a step back and... Um, you know, kind of like, why are we fighting? Let's have some intellectual discourse and dialogue and figure out what we really need to solve actual problems in America. And so the let's, people that aren't participating, you know, so, so let's do this then. Uh, I want your final thoughts, and I'm going to ask all three of you. I want your final thoughts. What uh, do you want to see happen um, in terms of the outcomes for this midterm election? And how can people organize in a new and creative way to help uh, you see the change that you want to see? Um, So the outcomes uh, that I would like to see in the election is 100% voter turnout. (laughs) Mm. I would like everybody's vote to be counted. I would like to see no, um, you know, strange looking people at the polls with guns and masks and like all kinds of things to try and scare people. I would like to see, um, you know, laws that have been in uh, basically created over the last, you know, year or two, um, ones where it's like people can't step out of line to go to the bathroom or even give somebody in line some water or food, you know, just really silly things. I would like to see those things not even paid attention to in this election, disregarded wholly, so people can easily vote and make sure that they are involved. And I would like to see the votes counted in a efficient um authentic, transparent manner. Hopefully we don't have, you know, some crazy discourse like we did in 2020 and we get some results quickly and we can move forward with some new leaders that are actually about change. Okay. So Carmela, same question. What do you want to see in terms of the outcomes uh, for this election? There's two or three of them. Well, um, I think I have to echo Maggie in saying that, you know, the voter intimidation tactics, they got to stop. And also the the amount of support that you bring with you to the election polls, the support that you gather when you're gathering all the information and knowledge that you need. I would like to see that increase. So like on even a local level, a personal level within your organizations, within your schools, within your families, um, just a message to the people who are listening. It starts there. Gotcha. OK. And then, of course, last but certainly not least, John. Same question to you. Uh, what do you want to see in terms of outcomes for this midterm election? As far as outcomes, uh, regardless of who we and when I say we, I mean, we as people of color mm-hmm. vote for when it comes to the outcomes. I just want to see us come out. Mm-hmm. And I'm echo- Aggie. I'm echoing Carmela as well. And I would love to see our candidates and the people that win, the people that don't win and run again. Uh, especially us, people of color, kind of switch it up a little bit from what it almost feels like sometimes is a minstrel show or kind of like a dog and pony or more entertaining mm-hmm. and let's get to 
issues. Let's talk about issues. Let's talk about things we can resolve and let's see some movement behind it. Because it's at this point, it feels very entertaining. And I know that comes from the previous administration and who he was and how he won and who he was before he won. So now it kind of feels like anybody can just step up. Anybody. And it's a democracy. Anybody can. Uh, But I would like to see it get it's going to sound kind of crazy, but back more political without the extra without all the. I know exactly what you mean. Um, You know, the uh, the fact that things have gotten very crazy and it's gotten to be more entertainment than anything else, you know, and the the media is partially to blame for that. So we all got to fall on that sword. Um, But you know, the the thing is, for the people that are actually entertained by that, the stakes aren't as high. For black and brown people, oftentimes the stakes are higher. Think build the wall. Think, you know, Trump galvanizing these Nazis and these, you know, proud boys and that sort of stuff. That's very scary stuff for people like us. We once lived in in America where that wasn't that was relegated to the fringes of society. And now those people get mainstream coverage and support by the commander in chief as of 2020. And so. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you all. Um, voter turnout, uh, is going to be, you know, the biggest thing that pushes this country forward. Uh, you know, and I'll say it because I do all the time, hopefully a little bit more to the left because we don't need to be all the way to the right either. Um, so a little bit more central, you know, and, and, um, you know, get us a little bit more, uh, back on track and, and protect our democracy and protect our, our voice. So those are all, um, very much, um, outcomes that I would like to see as well. Um, so uh, I think that's it for for this uh, installment. Hopefully we'll sit back down and uh, do it again. Before we let you go, I'd love for you all to drop your social media. John, why don't you go first? Sure. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. It's one thing. John Marshall, J-O-H-N, Marshall with one L, four, zero, four. Coming straight out the A. Talk to him. All right, Maggie B. Knowing. Talk to him. Maggie B. Noen on all platforms. So that's at M-A-G-G-I-E, the letter B, and then Noen, K-N-O-W-I-N, and at MaggieBNoen.com. Right. And Carmela, let us know. So on Instagram, you can find me at Yomela 2.0, Y-O-M-E-L-L-A 2.0. Everywhere else, pretty much Carmela Denise. All right. I love it. Okay. Well, then uh, thank you all for coming on to the show that you contribute to pretty regularly, the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. Um, and if you uh, have been inspired by something we've talked about today, if you agree with something we talked about, or if you disagree, please reach out. You can do so through the iHeartRadio app. Use the red microphone talkback feature. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to talk with you. And, um, you know, maybe we're not right. Maybe you are. Or maybe you're wrong, and we will tell you. But either way, we are going to have to figure out a path forward together because together is the only way forward. So we'll do it again soon, all right? And until then, peace. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you 
and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.